power in the verse can stop me. What's going on guys? My name is Alden Hero and welcome to the Midnight Hour, our fortnightly podcast coming at you for the second time in a week. Is that correct? Second time in seven days or something like that? It know. might just be. Yeah, but uh, we're, we're breaking the fortnightly tradition to bring you a special episode on April Fool's Day for the day that's in it because it can be really hard to come up with topics for a podcast, especially when you've been doing it for two years. But when a day is handed to you, like April Fool's Day, and it falls on a Friday, it's perfect because we can talk about times where people have been fooled. Like, there have been numerous April Fool's Day gimmicks that have... Like caught loads of people out and stuff yeah. like that. Like you know the 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 Google thing where they said your this makes your phone emit a certain scent when you download this app. <laughs> Things like that, sort of harmless gags in which everybody falls for it, so everybody's an idiot. That yep. kind of thing. Um, so I hope you've celebrated April Fool's Day with your family and had the big April Fool's Day. Christmas ham, like we, <laughs> the rum ham of April Fool's Day. Yeah, the famous yes. cuisine uh, specific and, to the month. And of you know, perpetrated some harmless pranks. Yeah, not social experiments, but harmless pranks that in which nobody is in danger of dying. I've actually come up <laughs> with a really, really good idea for a prank, bro. And really, bro. I don't know if I should give it away. Because it's actually really good, and it would get mad views, and people would love it. Would would they love it, or...? I think so, because <laughs> I, think, I think it targets the most... Well, one of the most hated sections of those types of videos. Um, ah. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that Roman Atwood video, where he goes up to a guy... There's a guy with, like, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, and Roman Atwood starts pouring water on it, and the guy goes fucking crazy at him, and he's like, the fuck are you doing, bro? And Roman Atwood is like, it's water, dude. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. You don't touch my car. Don't you know who I am? And stuff like that. And uh, he was probably paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, good old, the good old Ronnie Pickering approach. Yeah, yeah. Do you Ronnie, know who I am? Yeah. I'm Ronnie fucking Pickering. Ronnie Pickering. <laughs> Yeah, that poor woman looks like she was just sick of his shit. Yeah, she had to put up for the <laughs> lifetime of that. But, um, shall we get shall we get on with the actual topic at hand? Let's experience some hoaxes. One of the like, if you don't know what a hoax is, like, I'll give you an example of something that is an epic hoax that a lot of people still believe in, and we're going to be talking about hoaxes that have kind of helped shape the world a little bit like everybody knows the story of the war of the worlds it's um this epic thing that was uh create like one of the first alien mm -hmm. sci-fi type things and it really captivated people it was a, it was incredible but when war of the worlds was first broadcast on radio people thought it was real they thought it yeah. was a real news broadcast they started freaking out they went outside and started taking a jackhammer to the floor and smashing <laughs> people's windscreens and packing up their cars and driving away and uh, it sent everyone into a massive frenzy however that is a hoax that did not happen people heard war of the worlds for the first time on the radio and they thought this is a really neat show i'm gonna listen to this yeah. more. um they, they were f they were fully aware of what you know yeah the, the whole, story was <laughs> the whole notion that it was um like something that people freaked out about yeah. was created by news media because they were threatened by radio media and they wanted to be like look this is proof that the radio is evil dangerous yeah 
Mm. Uh, piping evil into people's homes, much like the internet of today. I just want to mention, this is a shorter episode than usual because it's essentially a bonus episode. It, it's in the middle between two weeks where we're scheduled to have episodes, so this is really just for you. Like, this is, you know, just a thing that we're doing. Anyways, yeah. tell us your first hoax. Yes, my the um, right. So everybody knows, everybody who is aware of Italy and aware of Pisa is aware of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yes, famously no. photographed Famous next to a person holding up an arm for no apparent reason. Yeah, yes. I don't get why that's a thing specifically with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Why don't they uh, do that with all buildings? Ah, uh, because then because with other buildings they can't look like they're holding it up or pushing it over or pretending it's their penis. <laughs> um. Oh, people, you so crazy. But the um. The reason that the Leaning Tower of Pisa is so famous worldwide, like, is, you know, name me a more famous tower, and you honestly probably couldn't. What about um, the Eiffel Tower? Well, eh. Uh, um, <laughs> what about the Leaning <laughs> Eiffel Tower? <laughs> of Pisa. Yeah. Uh, but the, um, but so in, you know, it was built, you know, ages ago. Like, it was built in, like, the 1300s or the 1400s. And, but then, and it didn't, it wasn't really a thing of prominence until, um, in the middle of World War II. And, you know, everyone should know this, that Italy kind of switched sides. Yeah, famous. As it were. Yeah. So, um, in 19, uh, I can't remember when they switched sides. It was 1940 something, obviously. obviously. Um, 1949, so, it was a really late turn. <laughs> the war had ended and they were like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. In the 1950s, they were late to the party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the um but so when they turned away from the uh kind of the allies the allies distributed um kind of this propaganda against the italians and cited the leaning tower of pizza and its kind of angle and the angle that it leaned at as the kind of like limp-wristed hand of like it was it like there was a lot of digs in the propaganda you know insinuating that this was a symbol of their kind of homosexuality and their kind of yeah. You know, impotence. Yeah. Kind of, you know, um, in terms of their military and their governmental power. So, you know, they, you know, the Allies spread this, you know, worldwide. And that, you know, obviously, I suppose this isn't even really a hoax, but it is kind of, you know, it's kind of something that has led to it being that famous. It's really changed the world. Because yeah. now everybody knows what the Leaning Tower of Pisa is. Yeah, like before that, it was just something. It was just a tower in Italy. Yeah, like it wasn't something that had any kind of a claim worldwide, and certainly not like a tourist attraction or anything no. like that. I mean, it was akin to like you walking into your local park and seeing a monument there. It was akin to walking through Leicester City and seeing the clock tower. Yeah, or the statue to Jamie Vardy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a statue of Gandhi in Leicester. Just thought everyone should know. Um, no, I have a joke with my friend Christian, though, about how this jokes with my friend Christian come true. Like the joke we had about Leicester winning the league. But <laughs> um, we have a joke about like, you know, in Leicester, everyone meets at the clock tower. It's just a fucking clock tower. Really, really like modest looking tower that is very small and stuff like that. And it's just such, such a nothing monument. But everyone meets at it and it just is what it is. And that, like, that's what the Leaning Tower of Pisa was. Before it became a symbol of like Italy's impotence, 
Ita- some nice alliteration. I yeah. like that. I'm a fan. It really is. Um, but yeah, like I, I guess like there's a lot of stuff as well that comes from just war propaganda that kind mm. of helped to shape the world that, like in ways that a lot of people yeah. don't think. Um, I have a story about a discovery that pretty much did change the world. It, it led us to uh, find one of the, the um, most well-known heat sources available to people in the late uh, 1700s and 1800s. Um, it's about the discovery of coal. Um, it, now, the Chinese discovered coal, I mean, in BC. like oh, they, yeah. The Chinese famously transported coal and, and used coal to their advantage and stuff like that. Um, this is more about the discovery of coal in the Western world and specifically in America. Um, some 200 years after Columbus, you know, pretended that he discovered America because he's a fucking idiot. Um, coal was discovered in America by accident and it was in the late 1600s, around this, uh, 1670, around that year. Um, there was a French writer who was stationed in Virginia with a team of explorers and they were working their way through America and, uh, you know, detailing what they found and documenting things to send them back to France to say, you know, what they found that was useful and what they found that wasn't and, and just things like that. Um, but they sent a writer with them. His name was Martin Masson. Um, he was published a few times, but like nothing particularly amazing. It was relatively easy to get published back then if you had the contacts. And he came from a really rich family. His father was a famous... Um, uh, like gunpowder sort of warlord type guy, okay. but he wanted his son to have a more respected profession, and he wanted to be su- he wanted him to be successful in a respected profession. Like he was quite ashamed of what gunpowder had done to the like, particularly in the French Revolution and things like yeah. that, which hadn't happened yet, but it was definitely on its way. And then there was growing tensions in France, and um, it, that just led his father to have some kind of spiritual awakening, and that was why mm. he thought Martin would be safer away from the revolution, and he thought mm. that he would be able to hone his craft and, and become inspired by going to a, a whole new land, which, like, if you can imagine what it would be like to go to America in the 1600s compared to now, like, yeah. you know, it's completely different. But uh, the pressure of trying to impress his father got to Martin, and he started writing fake news articles, much like what we talked about in the Cynical Myths episode. Um, one in particular, though, went viral, or the 1600s equivalent to viral, which was a story about gigantic skulls being excavated by locals in Richmond, Virginia. Um, Martin drew like detailed depictions of the skulls, and the pictures were sent back overseas to the king of France directly because this was seen as a huge deal. Um, the French were trying to get like trying to get together their own gunpowder and resources to quell the uprising that was threatening to occur in their country. Mm-hmm. So they were cynical enough to believe that if they could get the gigantic skull species on their side, mm. that they'd be able to you know win the war and like calm tensions and become this sort of superpower. Uh, so the king decided to dispatch like this expert excavation team to America to find as much information as possible uh, on everything that was happening over there and on his would-be giant-headed warriors. But anyway, they went to Richmond and they dug for three weeks straight. They didn't find anything. Um, mm. Eventually, they stumbled upon coal. Um, the news went back to France about the skull. Like, obviously, it was all uncovered that they were completely mm. faked. Um, there was no locals that had dug anywhere in Richmond, Virginia. Like, they'd even covered the entire um, state of... Well, I suppose it wasn't a state back then, but the land around Virginia, uh, they didn't find anything to do with any skulls. It, it was found to be a complete hoax. Martin 
ended up admitting it was a hoax. And the way that the King of France was portrayed as just such a laughingstock for being fooled by what was an obvious hoax, mm. it led to him being overthrown and hanged. So, like, mm. yeah. Um, and when Martin was eventually sent back to France, he was abolished from his family because his dad had lost a huge, like, stronghold with... Obviously, the gunpowder uh, game was pretty much owned mm. by the French government who had been overthrown. So his dad wasn't really anything anymore. Martin had completely blew his chance of success and he was abolished. Um, it's suspected that he w- became a journalist in Spain under a different name after, mm. but no one really knows if that was true or not wow. because he just had a huge capacity for fiction. But uh, obviously, the cold I discovered was a huge achievement and like, it heated yeah. homes and powered steam engines and burned so, a huge fucking yeah. hole in our atmosphere for several years yeah. so he both you know saved and ruined yeah well he did more ruining than he did anything else to be honest yeah but i mean yeah. like the french people will thank him for that one like crazy hoax that he came up with that ended up yeah. like saving them from starvation and yeah things like that so uh, like, yeah, that, that's a crazy yeah. story I, I don't really know why it's not talked about more no yeah like you know you'd think you'd think that the you know real origin of kind of finding you know this ridiculous like it was truly like an unprecedented amount of coal that they found yeah absolutely uh, you'd think that this this was kind of the first I, I don't know i don't know how you'd describe it kind of this um almost like this very the first like really mineral rich if you want to call coal a mineral yeah um, i could i can't think of a better phrase to describe it um resources rich i suppose is the best way to describe it it's kind of you know this huge almost this, you know almost this state-sized bit of land yeah over in the u.s that they were able to almost freely exploit with you know n- almost no um kind of you know resistance at all yeah it's like it's deeply sad that it ruined a family when mm. had he just you know instead of like detailing these stupid things of skull like had he just hung out for a little bit longer he they would have mm. probably discovered the coal anyway yeah. and like that would have been a much greater success to his father mm. because it would have gotten him a huge in with the french government like had they learned about this resource that they could hone and use for their own like benefit mm. and things like that and it's just the pressure of trying to impress his father was so much so that it led to him completely sabotaging everything and leading to like <laughs> a fucking huge revolution in France, and like just it, like it, it's just a massive oversight yeah. on his part to be. Yeah, honest. and a massive oversight on all all of history because I can guarantee that no one would have heard about this in you know their history classes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and like you can Google Martin Masson, and like you'll mm. you'll see like you'll see pictures of him, you'll read all about it and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's just a much more interesting story than what we learned in school. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's there's also, I mean, this next one that I've got that is this next hoax is also something that I'm absolutely just so surprised at whenever whenever I tell people, and it, you know, ever, nobody nobody's ever heard of it. No one, and it, it's to do with it's to do with Big Ben. You know, everyone knows the tower again. Again, another tower based one. Yeah. Um, because apparently, you know, or I, I am fascinated by both hoaxes and towers. I would, I would love um, it so much if you opened this one by being like, Big Ben, it's an iconic tower. Name me a more famous tower. <laughs> you probably can't. <laughs> you probably can't. Not in France or Italy. Um, but the, um, 
but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't been taught it. But you know, being English and especially living in London, where yeah, you know, I can get a train in within ten, ten, fifteen minutes. I can be standing next to it, and no one's been told this. So, everyone, right? So everyone knows that Big Ben is the name of the bell. Yeah, and it's, not, the, yeah, it's the Elizabeth. It's actually the Elizabeth Tower. It's tower. actually it's called a... Frankenstein's Tower. <laughs> it's actually called the London Tower of Pisa. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but um, but so April Fool's Day dates back, uh, you know, God knows how long. Um, but in eighteen, it, the Elizabeth Tower and Big Be- the Be- the Bell Big Ben was put into it. Um, in eighteen fifty nine, so it was all completed then. And it was actually right around the time. Of um, April first, I think I think it was something like March twenty ninth. They finished it, so they ran a news story shortly after, on April first, saying you know, proclaiming that, you know, they've put they've put in Big Ben the Bell, but they didn't name it as the Elizabeth Tower. They named it after the architect, whose name was actually Richard, oh. and this is like genuinely, and everyone knows. For those of you who don't know, anyone that's been watching The Night Manager recently will have known that the nickname for people called Richard is Dick. Yes. And they ran a tongue-in-cheek, this kind of satire article in, in like front page, like with no kind of hint that it was an April Fool's Day joke, saying that, you know, the architect has, you know, the, the architect Richard, you know, like saying his, his nickname was Dickie, and that they were naming the tower after him, and that they were naming it Dickie Tower. Oh, God. In the, in the middle of London, can you believe it? Like, next to the Houses of Parliament, they were naming it Dickie Tower. And there was uproar. There was absolutely massive uproar. And people demand, absolutely demanded outright, you know, like, fury. they were absolutely fuming. You can't have this massive erect edifice called Dickie yeah. in the middle of London. You know, we'd become a mockery. So people demanded, and the government was kind of like, shit. <laughs> Look, and they kind of just had to concede because there was just this mass public outcry. And from then on, it's just been known as Big Ben. And the whole of the fact that it's named the Elizabeth Tower has just completely fallen to the wayside due to this one practical joke. When you... um. When you DM'd me about this earlier, I looked it up and like there there was like rioting in the streets. And yeah. it's always the case where when white people riot over stuff, like it's it's because like, oh, we had to get like yeah, well obviously white people rioted because we needed more rights and stuff like that. But when black people riot, they're tearing homes apart and they're looting from like <laughs> white people rioted in the street over a fucking thing being named after a mm. genital organ like yeah. it's not I, it's just yeah that was one thing that I, I took away from it anyway was that like maybe that's part of the reason that no one talks about it is because it's yeah. just such a ludicrous sort of stain on english history i know but it, you know at the time no one could bear to think that we'd have this you know massive edifice as a you know as a kind of I can't even think of a better word than kind of just a statue to Dickie (laughs) you know it's such a ridiculous thing at the time I know (laughs) 
So um, do you do you have um, you you said you had another um, another another one, didn't you? Yeah, or... I was looking through um, sort of like I, I was look I was looking for just hoaxes and stuff, and like everyone knows all the obvious ones. I wanted to talk a little more about the War of the Worlds one, but it, it's not really it, it's sort of a thing that people just know, I think. Mm. Um, but you always find with you know the way after a certain number of years they have to make classified documents public. Yeah. Um, and you always find that they time this really well because when they make uh, classified stuff public, they pretty much there, there's a, a really well tactic, a really well known tactic in uh, law in called burying someone in paper, where people are like, I want to see the evidence of this, and the opposing legal team are like, okay, here's like all right. of the paper in our entire building. Yeah, and uh, governments do that too because. They don't want you to sift through everything. Like there are things in there that they don't want to reveal and stuff like that. Um, but there was a thing from like I think it was like 1982 in England where this sort of I, I don't there was a, a guy called Igor uh, Mikhailson I think was his name how you pronounce it he was a Swedish. Uh, balloonist. He used to make hot air balloons, and his business was um, taking people on hot air balloon rides and and mm. sanctioning um, for couples to go because that was a huge thing in the eighties. Was going on um, hot air balloon rides yeah. and stuff like that. Um, he'd moved to England. I, I think maybe his dad moved him to England or something like that. But he spoke with an English accent and everything like that. Um, but he would always be checking on the weather to see what it was like on that day so that he could, mm -hmm. you know, see how high he oh, could take the balloon, yeah. whatever. Um, and he was listening to it. He uncovered this thing. There was like a, a strange sort of noise coming through the radio. It, it was musical in the same way that, like, say, a Nine Inch Nails song is musical. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes noise is just musical, even yeah. when it's a sonically assaulting yeah. sound. Even if it's a bit more ethereal than... Ethereal. It, it's so funny you say the word ethereal, because he dubbed it the ethereal transmissions. And for years, he was unable to actually uh, pinpoint the source of this transmission. Mm. And he had no idea what it was. So he took it to the government, and he was like, okay, look, I don't know what this sound is, but it's um, it's something that I'm, I'm coming across when I'm, I'm trying yeah. to get weather reports from... Uh, from different sources so that I can uh, run my uh, balloon business. And the government were like, okay, um, we'll help you find out what it is, but we're going to need all of your equipment. So he complied. He was like, yeah, sure. Like he was super interested in this and the government took all of his equipment and he basically never got it back. Mm. And he had to go and purchase all new equipment, which sort of ended up strangling his hold on the business um, he, he sort of had to double down a little bit. Um, he had to sacrifice a certain shift that he would use on a Wednesday to Friday or something like that. I forget all, all the, all the details on it, but, um, he discovered a new transmission this time coming from a completely different source, which he dubbed the cypher sessions. Um, and it's hard to describe what kind of sound it was. It was like, not like a scratching sound, like, like maybe like a, a boulder rolling down a hill type noise. Very strange. And there would be like intermittent sort of splashing noises and things like that. And he had no idea what it is, what it was, sorry. Um, mm. And again, he took it to the government and he was like, look, I know there's something weird going on. And this was at the exact same time that foot and mouth disease just happened to break out. 
Um, and this was the original, the reason that foot, I don't know if anyone would remember the foot and mouth disease from 2002-ish. I remember, yeah. Yeah, well, like, it was a huge deal. Yeah, Everyone was terrified. Deal, yeah. It turned out to be nothing. But the reason that people were so scared about it was because the original one in the 80s was one where you could not even leave your home. Like, um, mm. I, I think maybe like sanitation, just general cleanliness and things like that weren't as yeah, good at yeah. the time. But um, you, people couldn't leave their homes, so no one could leave their homes. And it just turned out to be this huge, like, pandemic panic. Um, but there wasn't a single case of foot and mouth disease reported from any farmer or anything like that. So it was really, really strange. Mm. And it turns out that um, Igor Mikhailson died um, like a, a bankrupt sort of, I think mm. he was like 46. He had nothing left. He um, he couldn't like farm or like he couldn't do anything to, to yeah. make a living because the foot and mouth thing. Yeah, um, he was he was one of the he was one of the few cases where it was linked back. His death was linked back to the foot and mouth the, epidemic the in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But it turned out that the British government had sort of just created this foot and mouth disease thing so that they could transport a sort of a, a strange like sub subhuman species mm. aquatic in its nature yeah. from one side of Britain to the other yeah. where they wouldn't be making this transmission and they wouldn't get caught and they wouldn't be detected and they've since evaded capture, so no one really knows what happened. But the British government is responsible for the death of Igor Mikkelsen mm. and the death of his balloon business. And they have never explained what the cipher sessions or the ethereal transmissions were. And we just sit here with no clue what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I can't I can't anymore. It's every time you mention his fucking balloon business. <laughs> I had no idea when I started talking. That all just came to me. You said the word ethereal and I was like boom running with that <laughs> uh. Business. I wanted to interject and add to something, but you're on such a roll. I didn't really want to interrupt. It's I like. I swear to God, I have nothing written down. That just Jesus came, Christ. That was magical. It came from the heart. If anyone hasn't guessed by now, none of these are true. Every single thing is made up. <laughs> these are all lies. You know what I was gonna say though. I, like the ones that we actually came up with before we started recording, isn't it so interesting that they're all the theme of all of them is male bravado? Yeah. Like yeah. the Does that one talking about us or I don't know. <laughs> but that's so fucking weird. Like oh, mine was about a guy who just was trying so hard to impress his father, and his father was a big fucking gun lord and and stuff like that, <laughs> and like. You know, he was so... Be and, and, like, the King of France got so belittled for looking like an idiot. And, like, it's all male... It, that's so funny, I find. Like, that's I've so got, weird. I've just gone for a phallic edifice in the middle of London and Italy's yeah. impotence in the form of a tower. <laughs> like, we didn't talk about this at all beforehand. We no. never, at any point, cross-referenced stories. Or, like... Well, I mean, I made mine up five minutes before we yeah. actually had this call. 
But uh, that's real. There's a, that's I think that's funny. I, someone needs yeah. to do their own podcast uh, just on a study as to how we came up with all of those stories. I uh, I did I did do a little bit of research just to make sure I had some uh, facts about when Big Ben was made and when the Tower of Pizza was made, and I wrote down that the Tower of Pizza is actually leaning south, as if at some point I could work that in. <laughs> to, to like some sundial based Nazi drama <laughs> I, I have no idea what I was going for All right, mine is like completely true to a point It was coal was discovered in Richmond Virginia in 1679 mm. by French explorers so like I, I don't know mine um I I don't know like like I said before mine has no point or purpose or anything it's just a thing that I made up like it, it, My, the Big Ben one is literally part of a joke that I made up when I was like 13 14 <laughs> that you know they named Big Ben after his after the um after the architect's brother because they couldn't be having <laughs> yeah. Maybe after Richard. Right. <laughs> Fuck out. <laughs> this is the best. Oh dear God. Oh dear more. I think uh I think I I don't know. I like I'd like to think we really did reel people in though at the start. I hope so. I, I think you should all comment on your your general feelings about this episode. <laughs> I, I think I, I want to read your reaction and stuff like that. But with, but no but no specific spoilers. Yeah yeah keep yeah it, yeah. Keep it vague. Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, don't don't say oh my god you had me or mm. just yeah. I I think the Midnight Hour fans are so good for that though. I yeah. I feel like the the best like people in the world for being in on the joke while luring other people in on the joke. <laughs> it's like it's on my channel. It it's just the best. But uh, will we leave it there? Yeah. Alright, see you guys next week. (laughs) Happy April Fool's Day. SoundCloud users, that was our April Fool's Day episode. 
Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We started off with Terrible Lie by Nine Inch Nails because this was an episode consisting primarily of terrible lies. Um, also, Nine Inch Nails are one of my favorite bands of all time. And I've never really shared that with you guys. Like, I've never really talked too much about Nine Inch Nails. So it's pretty cool to be able to play a couple of their songs. We ended the episode and are ending the episode with Wish from Nine Inch Nails because of the line, Wish there was something real, wish there was something true. Um, because obviously this was false, this whole episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, also, this is the only song to win a Grammy containing the word fistfuck, so I thought that was pretty neat, and uh, that's a cool fact. But uh, anyways, we're back next week with a proper episode. I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's probably the most personal episode we've ever recorded, and... Yeah, you guys are just going to really like it. It's really good, so look out for that. That will be up next week on SoundCloud and on YouTube. I've been Aldenero. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening.